0: Hello and welcome to the Sacred Adventure Begin podcast where we share stories and practices about discovering your purpose, developing your spiritual awareness and gifts, healing from a holistic place, and boldly sharing your unique expression in the world. I'm your host, Emily. I'm a former professor, now spirituality and meditation teacher who is obsessed with living a life filled with joy, authenticity, and community connection. It is my pleasure to share this space and these stories with you today. Let's begin. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Sacred Adventure Begin podcast. Weren't those past interviews excellent? I just love having a good conversation with someone who really knows what they're talking about. So if you couldn't tell, we are on the third interview in a mini-series with spiritual practitioners on how they started finding their path and how they help people heal from a holistic standpoint and embrace more of who they are and live in the fullness of their being. I feel like I need a catchy name for this little mini-series, and I, it hasn't arrived to me yet, so I'm going to just let it unfold. But so far we've heard from a hypnotherapist and an astrologer and healer, and today I have another I think, great interview (laughs) that I have done on kundalini energy, sexuality, sensuality, and spiritual healing with Kimberly James, who just opened up a new space in Atlanta. And Kimberly is such an expander for me in seeing what is possible for a practitioner to accomplish. I am so impressed with her. She's a fellow professor, and this interview with her is so so eye-opening and interesting to me. Uh, But before we get into it, I thought I would give you all a bit of a life update. I think that the last time I left you off, I was talking about coming out of a kind of like cocoon state in my life and business and really uninstalling kind of capitalist software (laughs) in there. So I've been, like I said, letting uh, my messages unfold, letting my motivation unfold. So I think that my normal tendency or my learned tendency actually is what I should call it. That's that software. The tendency that's coming from that software is to like push for um, completion and push for the product. And I've really been just like learning to allow myself to enjoy things being unfinished, things being up in the air and working on them when it feels right. Not when I think it's right. Not when I should be, quote unquote, should be doing it, but when it actually feels like inspired, which is why, like I said before, I sat on so many of these interviews for so long. Um, But yeah, I've really just been allowing, allowing myself to enjoy the parts of the process and valuing the process more highly than I valued the product, which is for me um, really revolutionary (laughs) and something that I worked on and have worked on a lot, but um, I really am starting to understand how, and everybody says this, and I really believe this to be true, your life is teaching you things, right? So I thought I was in a good place with like allowing myself myself to do things, but then um, waste came up, the topic of waste, and I don't know if you grew up anything like me, but we were like, we were encouraged not to waste. Like, so you don't want to waste time. You don't want to waste money. You don't want to waste effort, focus, all that kind of stuff. And I, I always learned that it was like good, like morally wrong to waste. Right. Like (laughs) Um, I just, and I know this was like a really good thing that my mom had us do, but she would always take us to the store when there's a sale Um, because, like, spending more money than you have to is dumb, right? And we would go, and she kind of taught us math this way, and you guys, I am a fraction master because of this woman. (laughs) So I 100% give her credit for this, but we would uh, be allowed to shop on the, like, 50 or 60% off rack, and then she would ask us to calculate the price in our head, and also the sales tax with the price. Because she wanted us to make sure that when they were charging us, ringing us up for something, that we weren't overpaying. So it was also this really like protective thing that happens. And that's healthy in some ways, but in other ways it made it, um, for me as an artist, um, and, and a, and a business woman as a solo entrepreneur, there are times where I don't make decisions because I'm afraid of wasting time or wasting money. So I'm holding myself back when I could be getting the experience, Like even if the thing doesn't work out, even if um, like a new software, like actual software <laughs> or a new program or a new way of thinking or a new way of doing things doesn't work out a lot of times I will not try it at first or I'll sniff around it for like way longer than a normal person because I don't want to invest in it I don't want to waste money I don't want to waste time I don't want to waste effort because I'm afraid again of not getting the product um, or of of wasting and it was sort of like a moral thing for me and so I that's been coming up a lot for me (laughs) recently I don't know if any of you all experienced that too but uh, when it does I like to just hold myself super gently and remind myself that it's not immoral to like have a failed thing and it's not immoral I'm never wasting my time I'm getting experience I'm learning something new which is again a focus on the process I enjoyed the process, not like I learned this brilliant new thing, but I enjoyed the process of learning the brilliant new thing. It takes a lot of pressure off when you start focusing on things this way. So like kind of leaning into this, as I told you, I did these interviews quite some time ago, uh, but Kimberly and I were talking and um, when we were talking about like movement and touch and stuff like that, the interview really made me remember how much I enjoyed swing dancing. And hear me out on this. Um, Swing dancing is amazing. It's super fun. I love the music. I love the joy in it. I love the like kind of like athleticism of it. But also I really missed like hugging people in community and essentially a dance, especially like Balboa, which is a type of swing dancing done really close. It's like having a two minute hug. And I, I missed that like sort of aspect of things. And I also missed the like flow that comes from like you're listening to the music you're in the moment you're feeling how your partner's feeling you're working together to like express the movement through your bodies so there's this element of flow and partnership and even like I'm not going to say weight sharing because you don't do a lot of that in swing dancing but um that aspect of like having a counterweight um to you as you're moving and part of this during the pandemic um Swing hasn't really happened yet again in Boston, like even after the pandemic. Um, We've been really cautious up here. So I've really been missing that community. And I personally have also been afraid to travel for swing dancing because I don't want to expose anybody to anything that I pick up while I'm traveling. I don't want to travel. I like also really don't want to be doing something super athletic while wearing a mask, while touching lots of people. Just seems like a hot mess to me. So I currently am in a place where I am not um, willing to do it, even if, other places are open. <laughs> um, but I was looking to find that sort of sense of flow and the counterpart because I still don't want to touch a bunch of people in one day. That's just still slightly too much for me. So I was looking through options that I could do and I was like well I could maybe try belly dance but it doesn't have the counter thing or I could try like um, this form of dance or that form of dance and they all came back for me feeling like I wasn't going to have that like c- counterbalancing that like partner to work with and so I discovered <laughs> that there's pole dancing up here and I never really even thought about pole dancing as a thing because I tried it a couple years ago and I was like, hell no, I was really bad at it, (laughs) just really bad. I tried it twice and I decided, no, this is not for me. Uh, But I decided to give it another try because I could do the counterbalancing aspect of it. It would still have sort of like a swing element to it um, and that there would be still a flow in form and things like that. So I was like, all right, (laughs) Let's do this. And I am really proud of myself, you guys, (laughs) because normally what I would do if I were getting into something new is I would like go ahead and buy all the things like I would buy a pole and put it in my house and I would do this and I would do that and I would take all the lessons and I would run sort of headlong at the thing trying to get good at it fast because again, that's valuing the product, uh, the product as in having the skill over the process of learning the skill. So I decided to see if I could apply this new, like learn the process before you focus on the product thing to pull. And I have to tell you, (laughs) I am really proud of myself. And I even went like all the way through, I, they have us take video every time. And I actually posted the video to my social media And so, like, not only was I getting over sort of, like, being okay with being not good at something, like, you guys, I got to tell you, I am still, like, I've been doing it for two weeks now, I'm still not good at pole dancing. My lines don't look like my teacher's lines, I don't spin around as much as I should, I'm still gripping the pole really tight, (laughs) because I'm scared, like... Things like that, or like you know, when people are doing like sexy stuff, I'm like swing dance, making swing dance lines, and looking kind of like silly and awkward, and and I'm okay with that. But it's really fun because I I am taking every time that I go to that space, uh, knowing that I'm not doing it at home and I'm not trying to get good at it fast. That I am enjoying being in the moment with it. And uh, having it be awkward and sometimes it's even a little painful, it's kind of dangerous and exciting though, (laughs) but I'm enjoying the like flowing of it and the breathing and the fact that it makes my heart pound. It is hard work. If you've never done pole dancing, oh my gosh, go go to a pole fitness studio, take a class, Uh, and watch your heart rate just skyrocket. (laughs) It's new, and it's exciting for me, and every time I go in there, I get a little bit better, but the goal isn't to get better. The goal is to have fun feeling good with it, and um, (laughs) so anyway, take video, and I posted it online, and I had to check myself for a second because I feel like also um, when you're awkward, when you're not good at something, like people feel ashamed for you, right, and so I had to like, not only look at the video and see how I was being playful and see how I was enjoying myself, then I had to get over the idea of being like presentable, right? So normally we only see people showing videos of themselves, like with a high level of skill and glorifying and celebrating again, only the product and not the process. And so I I had to get over that when I was looking at the video and I was like, this is so fun though. I want to share it. I want people to see me learning something. So I did. And I also had to get over the like <laughs> this kind of real fear that I have of presenting myself cuz when you when you do pole dancing, you are supposed to be looking sexy. I mean, you do. It is an it, it is a thing that you do when you are pole dancing many times even if you are doing it poorly, you you look pretty great <laughs> doing it. And I was afraid like also of like alienating people in my audience and making them feel uncomfortable with the fact that I was even just taking a pole dancing class for fun, uh, not doing it for real. And I had to impact the fact that there there is so much sort of like social ju- judgment uh, around how women are supposed to act. And what it's okay to do, and I, I even felt hesitancy sharing something that I was having pleasure with, and then I felt a deep sense of inner peace around. And I, <laughs> I just had this like a moment where I was like, "This is ridiculous. If this triggers people, they can let me know. They can walk away from it. Their choice." But I also had to look at and unpack some of the like real fears that I was having that I was afraid that people would treat me differently as if I did not deserve respect for posting a picture of myself doing a, a thing that takes skill to develop um, because it's sort of adjacent to sensuality or sexuality for women. And I, I am still just astounded by how society treats women like they are less than human when they are... Um, engaging in or exploring their own sexuality, it's like, it's like society will treat you like you're an object or a product. Again, we're back on the product thing. Uh, if you present, um, as exploratory or questioning, or even just like expressing, (laughs) and that makes me sad for society because you existing as a female in a female body, and I know other people experience this too, so I don't want to make this um, like only a tirade on um, feminism, but anyone in a, um, let's say, um, sensualized or sexualized, well, I shouldn't even say it that way. Ooh, look at me stumbling. Um, (laughs) Just because you have a body doesn't mean that you... Give away your right to be treated as a human when you exist, because a lot of people don't even consent to have their bodies be sexualized. And I'll give you an example of this. Uh, it was really frustrating when I was in college. I would run down this one street, and there was no way to avoid it because the other street was too filled with traffic. And there were a number of houses there rented by like a bunch of dudes, and they would sit out in their lawn, drinking beer or whatever. I'd be running by. and they would I would not be being sexy. I would be running like in clothes that were not athleisure, the sexy kind of running outfits we have now. I'm like talking baggy tops. And I would get catcalled all the way down that street. And I hated it. (laughs) It was disruptive. It was scary. I never knew if they were going to chase me or not. And it really, I feel like, Just being in a body doesn't give somebody the right to tell you that you are a sexual object to them when they are making you one uh, that doesn't respect you. And respect, for me, and I think for a lot of people out there, is synonymous with consent. So there's nothing necessarily wrong with, um, you know, getting into some stuff as long as, again, it's consent. It's consent-based. And so, like, having desire for someone's body doesn't also give you the right to dehumanize them or somehow subjugate them when they are the object of your desire. So if you grew up Christian, uh, I mean, (laughs) if no one ever told you that healthy sexuality means developing desire as well as respect for who you desire or what you desire, please allow me to be the first to tell you that there is nothing sexier than consent. And there is nothing sexier than respect. And that can mean a lot of different things, especially if we get into talk about kink, um, which I am not an expert on. So (laughs) I am just going to like kind of leave it at that. So yeah, like being in the pole community, which is adjacent to, I mean, it's pole fitness, but it's definitely adjacent to sex work. And I don't have any problem with that. I think that people should be respected no matter what, but I know it makes other people like my parents, uncomfortable, engaging by some of the comments that I got on the first video I shared, which wasn't even me dancing. It was me trying to do a pole sit, which is where you pull yourself up on the pole and you kind of like go with your hands and absolutely failing, kind of like fall down the pole. I got so many DMs and PMs that I had triggered so many people either in good ways, like you go, girl, or in uncomfortable ways, or in ways of, oh my God, you're so sexy, let me send you some unsolicited pictures of parts of my body. Uh, Which, by the way, married women get. We get harassed on the internet, by the way. Anyway, as you can tell, doing something for pleasure or... Around pleasure or around the body or around the concept of sexuality can very much put us in a gray zone of um, having to look at social structures, having to look at how we feel about ourselves and our body, and also having to look at the concept of um, how do we center ourselves on respect and consent. So, yeah. <laughs> So just so we're clear today, my guest and I will be talking about all of these things, sexuality, consent, exploration, touch healing, a bit about kink, uh, a bit about kundalini and kundalini activation process, which is um, one of the big things that Kimberly James, my guest, does. And if two consenting adult women who embrace their sexual expression and are on paths to unpacking unhealthy viewpoints given to us by society is triggering for you, please kindly skip this episode. Also, for anyone out there struggling with judgment, abuse, or experiencing triggers related to sex or sexuality, please know that you are seen and heard and that it is okay to skip this episode or to listen to part of it and skip that too. So... Yeah, It's totally in your control. Do what you need to do to be healthy and happy and safe. And uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and get into this episode. Welcome, Kimberly James, to the Sacred Adventure Begin podcast. I am clearly stumbling over my words because I am so excited to have you here today. Thank you so much for having me. Hello, everyone. <laughs> yes. It's joy so- to be here. <laughs> I'm, I really am really, wow, really, really very excited to talk to you about like all of the different things you do. So can you start by telling folks a little bit about yourself and what it is that you're doing right now? Because I know you're working towards some other stuff. So let's start in now and then we'll go into the future. Then we'll go back to the past. It's going to be, you know, time time warp. Okay.
1: Uh, wow. <laughs> right now, I'm in Atlanta, Georgia right now. I just moved here from Los Angeles about six months ago. My side job is English professor at a community college. I'm, I'm claiming that as my side job as I shift to <laughs> what I really want to be doing for my main job. Currently, I am working mostly as a CAP facilitator and CAP is something that I'm sure most people have never, ever heard of.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're gonna, have to, it, we're gonna have to bring that down gonna get, <laughs> We're gonna get to
1: that. Okay, we'll get into yeah. that. Uh,
0: <laughs> I work a CAP
1: facilitator and... Um, so what? Some yoga. I'm more in yoga and yoga nidra world, the the restorative, the quiet yogas as opposed to hot. Um, so that's mainly what I'm doing
0: currently. Cool. Oh, so much. Well, let's just start with let's start with cap. What is cap? <laughs> cap stands for kundalini
1: activation process. It is a powerful, powerful um uh, energy modality that I learned from my teacher, Venet Wong. If anyone's ever done kundalini yoga, right, it is the activation, it is the awakening of kundalini, which is your life force energy, which we all have. And if you've done kundalini yoga, you've had to do lots of kriyas and postures and chanting and breath work to activate your kundalini. Kundalini yoga is a, is a process of uh, will. CAP, however, is a process of surrender. So you can get to that same state Of kundalini yoga without all the work and sort of and so a cap session is an hour long and what you do is you lie still you lie on your back you start on your back with your eyes closed in shavasana and a facilitator such as myself plays music Uh, we don't talk during the hour we play music and we transmit energy and that energy comes down through your crown chakra down your body to activate your Kundalini, which is at the base of your spine until those energies co-mingle and the energy is running up and down your body. It clears pathways, clears away blockages, can promote healing. It does so many things, mental, spiritual, physical healing, uh, I like to say I'm not a snake oil salesman, so I don't promise anyone anything when they sure. come to class.
0: Yeah,
1: it, The energy gives the person what they need in that moment. And that what you need may not be what you're asking for. It's not a process of intention. There are only currently, there's about to be a new training. Um, there's currently only 87 cat facilitators in the world. I am the only cat facilitator in the Southern part of America. Um, The closest facilitator to me would be in New York. I'm in Atlanta. Would be New York to the north, and then like Arizona, California to the west. So I have a wide range (laughs) of area that I'm trying to cover. I do travel. I, you know, I'm doing some classes here in Atlanta, uh, but I am open to anyone if you have a space or yoga studio that will hold hold 10 to 15 people. I I am open to traveling places to introduce Cap.
0: So the difference. Cause I've done cap with you. I've also done Kundalini yoga and mm-hmm. maybe we could tell folks a little bit about why somebody might be interested in, um, engaging with Kundalini energy. And then like what the sort of, I know you touched on it. Uh, but like what the sort of like difference between surrender and like doing is, uh, okay. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. So why do you want to activate your Kundalini? Uh, which again, everyone has,
1: it's a natural thing. I'm not giving you anything. Sure. Uh, people with activated Kundalini's experience a more, um, God, so much more, uh, more clarity in life, more awareness about life, more calmness. Uh, so I will say, people who come to class, and we do consider it a practice that we encourage people to do once a week at least. Uh, for like for myself, I no longer drink alcohol. The energy does not allow me to drink. <laughs> God, sure. I would love a glass of pinot grigio, <laughs> like Sunday, <laughs> you know, when it's warm and you just, and then I'm, and then I just look at it and it, it's like, it's like, nope, 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 nope. Um, so people who, who practice shed things that are toxic for them, things that are not good for them. Uh, I have a student who many, a couple times a week for like last two months, he stopped drinking coffee and I know that may scare some people because they're like, I don't want. I love my coffee, and he yeah. loved coffee, right? And he's like, I've had a cup of coffee or several cups of coffee a day since I was seventeen, and he's forty-two. You know, <laughs> and he's like, he's like, the energy just won't allow. He's like, I made it, and I couldn't drink it. Um, so, you know, caffeine is a drug. Yeah, we well, we we've socialized these drugs, <laughs> yeah. but they are drugs. And they, I'm not, you know, bashing anybody who drinks coffee or alcohol, uh, but they do do things to our body. Yes, I and mean, so, anything we
0: put in our body is altering yes, altering us. Uh, in yes, some way. everything yeah. we
1: put in our body alters us in some way. And so the energy may tell you that, you know, what I don't want you to alter your body in that way. And in this moment, it may I may drink alcohol. No. Um, so those are just examples. People shed toxic people from their lives, relationships. Find that they can just no longer tolerate things. Uh, people leave jobs. People have had physical healings of chronic things that they're like, I've had for years um, and it's gone. Again, I make no claims.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. but I think like I think kind of what you're saying is that it gets you in touch with that like inner truth. And the energy of like actual health, actual wellness, like you said, life force energy. And it helps you ground in that so that you end up making better decisions for yourself or uh, like experiencing yes. healing yes. And, and all of that, which uh, is gonna vary from person to person what kind of experience they have because everybody's energy is different also.
1: Yes, perfect, perfect description. Absolutely. Someone came to the class on and they were crying. So people have emotional releases during a CAP session. You might cry or scream or laugh and they were crying and they came out and at the end of a class, we do a share, an optional share. And she shared that she, during the session, a a childhood trauma came up for her
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and she released it. She was like, I was able to let it go. And she's like, in the session, I thanked the person for the lesson it taught me.
0: Mm, I love forgiveness. It work. was
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. So it was just really profound those moments. Um people have received messages from their ancestors. Talk to my mother who is deceased when I'm participating in CAP, not when I'm facilitating. Um, and so sometimes ancestors visit spirit guides. Um you know, whatever you happen to believe and come and give you messages. Those spiritual downloads uh, people receive during and after CAP. So like yoga, right? Where it's like, it's what happens off the mats or after CAP class that's really so important. And how is it integrated into your life? Um, and are you listening? Are you grounded? Are you listening to the messages? I um, don't have to, you don't have to listen. I could totally, absolutely drink alcohol. Right, like it, it's yeah. not that I'm like physically forced from drinking. I'm listening to the message that the energy is saying, "No, you don't really want that." Yeah, it tunes you. You're used to the habit. Yeah, yeah, it's soothing. It's a habit. Um, It, it becomes this habit of social, you know. It, and I will say, pandemic has helped me with that because I haven't socialized. So I am interested to see what happens once we go back out into the world and when there're happy hours and such, and what will what. what <laughs> totally yes Um, but during a cap class so I said you start out on your back you're listening to music and people never you don't have to stay on your back so so much could happen I mentioned emotional releases that people cry or laugh or scream you can um, connect with the divine and just feel a sense of bliss have energy coursing through your body go on third eye journeys, colors and lights and sounds and looking at your body. Um, But if anyone watches any of the videos, so if you Google CAP or go to the website, which is Wong, Wong b-e-n-a-n-t wong.com, you'll see lots of videos of people moving. And so you can have kinesthetic movements and like just simple movements, twitches, spasms, but people get up and dance people do yoga postures, uh, whatever the energy calls them to do. So that's why I say you don't have to stay on your back.
0: I love that. So even your, your back. Yeah. Even the process even, itself is like tuning into the body or tuning into the energy and what it needs. And so like, it's really grounding you in what you need. I love that.
1: Yeah. And you have to surrender to it, right? So the key word is surrender because you can absolutely be in your mind and Your arm starts moving and your mind is like, that's crazy. And like, (laughs) put your arm down. Um, So you have to be open to the energy and and willing to flow and be curious about what it's calling you to do.
0: Well, it's almost like training you to say sort of like yes to your intuition and yes to your messages later Mm -hmm. too. Because you like Mm -hmm. tune in, you're like, "What wants to come through. And then there's the, like, like you said, the surrender, but also the the doing of it. Because- how many people end up like knowing, like, this is my life path, but then they just don't. They don't do it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they don't follow.
1: <laughs> they don't let it flow. Uh, yeah. So many lessons. Even if, I've been a CAP facilitator for a little over a year now, and I was a student of CAP. I guess I'm still a student of CAP, but before becoming a facilitator for just four or five months, I, I was really quick with the process. Um but even with all of this, right, and the other work I've done, it is still, you know, it's it's all practice. How do we say yes? Things can be scary when you take leaps
0: yep. of faith. <laughs> yeah. And these are little ones. So you you learn like, oh, if I let my arm move, nobody thinks I'm weird. Like the, the like arm movement police don't show up and be like, that finger's <laughs> out of place. Like you learn to do it and then it's okay. And then the bigger stuff becomes easier to say yes to later.
1: Yes, yes. And how do you not just help yourself, but help your friends? I have a friend who just took a leap um, of giving up her apartment and and just traveling and doing something. Um, and she called me the, when it was over, like when she had her whole apartment was packed up and things were in storage. And she's like, I had to call you because you don't put your fear on me. You know, yes. she's like, so many other people. She's like, oh, if I call this person, they're going to be like, aren't you crazy? Aren't you scared? Aren't you did yeah. it? And then this person's going to be and I'm like, and I said, congratulations. Yeah. That's so <laughs> exciting. Yes. So not only then for yourself and how to live your authentic life and step out of fear, but then helping other people do oh that as God. well.
0: People did that to me so much. Um, I travel in India a lot alone. And like people will be like, I hope you're being careful. And I'm like, no, I'm walking down the street, like throwing my credit <laughs> card at people, like telling them I'm traveling by myself. Like, come get me. Here's my hotel room. I'm like, yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I like that travels a lot. Solo. Yeah. It's just people yeah. have so much fear. They do. And to be able to receive, I think also like a spiritual work helps us receive that with like what it is. Like, I see that you're, you're putting your fear on me.
1: That's Mm -hmm. nice. That has
0: nothing to do with me. Thank you. (laughs) Yes. Yes.
1: Yes. To be able to just let it, um, but to also maneuver and I've, I've been that way most of my life, which I didn't recognize until like kind of now, but back in the nineties, 94, um, I wanted to live abroad. And so I was the elementary school teacher And I heard that you could teach at international schools abroad. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. And so I went to, uh, they have these search fairs. And I went to a search fair and I didn't tell, I told my boyfriend at the time I was going by until my parents or anyone else that I was going. And it was in New Orleans. So I just, I just told him I was taking a trip to New Orleans. Hell yeah. And I got a job of teaching in Mexico city and I signed the contract. So I didn't tell anyone until after.
0: good for you. I
1: signed a contract already. Yeah, Yeah. <laughs> <Go in. laughs> yes. so sometimes you just have to move and know that, right. You can't tell these people who are just going to place all this fear on you because it, it can be hard to resist the fear well, that other people have. Yeah. You
0: know yeah. I mean? But I mean, it also can amplify something within you that may or may not be true. And right. like, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah, that's so, it's so interesting. Actually, it's kind of like, I think a perfect segue because I have a question for you about this. Like, I love that you said that your, your teaching job, your English teaching job right now (laughs) is your part-time job, but let's be real. It's a full-time position and you're transitioning into doing more of the CAP and uh, some other work. And I'm kind of wondering if you'll like tell people maybe, Maybe this is a question of like what kind of advice would you give for someone or how do you see your approach to making safety around big changes happen for you? And how do you see your approach to like encouraging that shift? Like how are you working this? I I'm
1: fortunate. I, I will not lie, I'm super fortunate um in being able to make this shift. But I, I have set it up. So I'm a full-time tenure professor at a community college. And We've been remote since March, 2020. I took that opportunity to, and we're remote for the rest of the year. So we're remote through the fall. Uh, I took that opportunity to leave Los Angeles. Uh, My job is still in Los Angeles, but I was like, why am I paying really, really expensive rent when I could be out in the world? And so (laughs) uh, my plan had been to be a nomad. I was going to go live in different cities for a few months at a time.
0: Uh, but I ended up
1: <laughs> purchasing a house here in Atlanta. I had the opportunity to purchase a house for what I consider to be really cheap because LA prices, you know, <laughs> Yeah, well, congrats so I, I, thank you. I'm settled <laughs> here. Um, and so we're remote and I knew I'd been wanting this shift for a long time. And so we can get semester sabbatical. Um, and so I applied for a sabbatical. And I was approved. Um, And so, and my sabbatical, like I have made it related to what I want to do is to write a book on using yoga and meditation in college classrooms. Ah. So I'll be writing that book during my semester sabbatical. So this is kind of confusing, but anyway, I have a semester. Next spring, I'll be taking sabbatical. So I'll be teaching the rest of 2021. Next spring, I will take sabbatical. And then what I've been saving for over the last couple of years is we can take We can teach extra classes and we can either get paid for that time or we can save that time called banking. Yeah. And so I've been banking time, knowing that I would get sabbatical, I've been banking enough time to take an additional two semesters off paid. Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) So basically I have three semesters off that are completely paid. Yes. So this is how I'm fortunate. I know that not everyone has this possibility. Sure. Um, But 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 I'm able (laughs) system, you
0: you know, the system. I know the system.
1: Yeah. I'm working the system. Yeah. So I have, I'll have, you know, that year and a half to work on growing my business without the stress of how am I going to pay my bills? Yep. So it's beautiful. It's a wonderful opportunity and, um, you know and then at that moment at the end so I don't have to go back to campus until August of 2023 and that's it if I go back yep and in 2020 that's so far from now I could um decide that I really miss teaching and want to go back yeah I could win the lottery if I ever played it actually
0: (laughs) I (laughs)
1: <laughs> One day I'm going to play, you know,
0: <laughs> a stranger could just hand me $2 billion. Great. <laughs> I could
1: get, marry a millionaire. Oh, yeah. you know?
0: Forget who marrying knows? them. A millionaire could just give me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> um, And so, you know, I, who knows what 2023 will bring, but uh, so I'm fortunate. So I did set it up. I planned it. You know, um, so I don't know, you know, what, what can you do in your life to anyone listening to, to plan it, you know, some people take the leap. I mean, if you have savings, um, that's why my friend who just had savings hasn't worked for, gosh, she's been on two years now. Um, I did
0: that when I was transitioning out of full-time. I took a whole year off. I stashed cash during that mm-hmm. time, like a little rabid squirrel. And then I was like, this is enough to live off for a year. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So cutting back on so what I'm working on now is cutting back on my debt. I have debt. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Who doesn't? I have student loan debt. I have. I take so many trainings that I keep. Anyway, I, <laughs> I do too. <laughs> no judgment from me I on know, that. I like to <laughs> sign up for everything. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's five thousand dollars. Okay,
0: like. <laughs> I like learning. I'll use this.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um. Pre-pandemic, I traveled a lot. So. Yep. Um anyway like so my plan my like so getting rid of debt so that I don't have I don't need as much to live on so that even you know if I decide not to go back and just have my business I don't have to really make a ton of money in my business um, because I don't have that many expenses so and uh, yeah so doing that. Which you know is not as I know. people, I'm not going to say it's not hard because people have all sorts of different experiences and lives. Um, but you know, can you get a side job? Mm-hmm. I know there's a big push for entrepreneurship and hustle. I I guess I hustle, but I'm not a I'm not one of those that ugh, everyone has to be a hustler. Yeah, I don't it's like not that for everybody. Either. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a very capitalistic attitude, right? But it's all about money and this and that. And like, you must be hustling and have four or five jobs and all these different things. Yeah, and set
0: big goals and that's how (laughs) you're going to get them. And so, yeah, Yeah. sometimes I have moments where I'm like, no, no. (laughs) It's a lot. We need rest. We do. We're in rest. (laughs) (laughs) But you also like set yourself up for that. I I guess I, I hear a lot from people like, I don't know how to um, have my full time job and also feel like I'm committed to the thing. And I think that's what you're getting at when you say, like, there's this like entrepreneurship push in the like spiritual world or anytime we're making a pivot where people are like, well, just start your own business and go all in, you know? And people hear that. And I don't think they even know that, that, because what I hear when you talk about it that I think is so beautiful is this idea that I can have my full time job still. And it, it isn't like, I don't have to give my whole soul to this university. Like I keep part of my soul and do other things with, with that. Like I keep part of my focus. And so it's like a matter of, of being able to separate yourself from what you're doing in the world and yeah. like just to be able to yeah. hold it all with like equanimity and be like, this can happen while this happens. And it doesn't mean anything about my commitment. Yes. Yeah. No,
1: I'm the queen of no, um, <laughs> how do you get again, there? Cause that's a skill. <laughs> it, I can be be good at saying no but but i also have worked at the university or the college for oh it's been 15 years now wow so honestly i did a lot more when i started yep but it's never been my i i've never what is the saying? i've never lived to work i worked i, I don't know which i don't remember which yeah way it goes. Um, i've never been that about jobs um I currently, right, we're remote. I tell my students I'm not available to you 24-7. Even when we were in like hardcore pandemic, I was like, yeah, I might be in the house, but I'm not for yeah. you. I'm not, I'm not answering 24/7. your message. I was like, I answer during normal business hours. I don't answer on the weekends. I don't answer on holidays. And yeah. I stick to it. I stick to it. And it can be hard because they do come to my phone, right? I see the emails and I'm like, oh, it'd be so easy to answer that. I'm like, nope because it's training people, right, yep. in your life that, look, I, I'm not responding to you in two seconds, yep, just because I can, um, and so I give to my students, I do, like, one committee, <laughs> and I don't do more, I, this woman, um, when I started, when I was first hired, she was a Black woman in the English department, and she came up to me, and she's like, here's my advice for you, she's like, Pick one thing, you know, do your teaching, but outside yeah. of teaching, pick one thing and do it well and retire as soon as you can. <laughs> yes.
0: She gave you good advice.
1: <laughs> she did. be <laughs> like, don't give your life to this place because it will suck it away. It will, yeah. And I see that people working there and I'm like, and they get so upset and I'm like, you made a choice.
0: Yep, you said yes to this. You're <laughs> the one who didn't have the boundary. You can't be mad right. at the, and then they you go, can't be mad but, at the university for getting in there. Like and they go if I didn't do it,
1: some nobody else would, or yeah, this person who I don't like would. And I'm I've like, I've said that before. That's on you because somebody yep. will do it. Yes. And and so what if it's the person that you like? They're not the greatest for this. So yeah,
0: that's the way it is, right? Well, I know people I who know. get on committees that control funding and so that the people they don't like aren't controlling the funding and taking it from them and stuff. So, but that's right, like yeah. still I think the so thing that people don't realize you make. It's a trade. You want that power, you've <laughs> traded this piece of your time for it. Like mm-hmm. don't be mad at stop being that exhausted. By the way, yeah. you have power and control. <laughs> I was like I just don't care yeah. that much. I'm like I know <laughs> so, I, I,
1: <laughs> oh, I don't care about the power control that much.
0: So um, the key to this is having strong boundaries and knowing what your priorities are and not working yourself too hard.
1: Yes, and I mean, it, which is American, right? It's, it's such an American thing to do. We, we value that. We value this like constant working, even with my side jobs, my two, whatever you want to call them. I am not the person that's going to be up at two in the morning. Yep. I'm not the person that's going to be up at three. <laughs> you know, like those people who are up Well, and I hustled all night on this. I'm like, no, I'm going to sleep. Uh, I can't, I can't do that. I don't function that way. And so there is a balance, um, which, you know, probably does impact how much money I make, which is fine. I, I've made it so I don't, I don't need that much money. Yep, I don't need the fancy cars and the, Fancy clothes and um, all these happy. kind of things that people, when they're like, yeah, hustle and hustle. to I'm like to get what? I don't need jewelry. Um, I would like some land that I could build my little community on.
0: <laughs> have a garden. I also dream of a community. Maybe we could find a nice plot somewhere.
1: <laughs> I know so many people do and, and it's so rarely done, but I like, I really... Yeah. You know, like it's, I want to be able to travel still, but I don't travel. I don't travel to five-star resorts. No. Uh, you know, so I, cause I travel for weeks and weeks at a time. Generally people ask me how I do that all the time. And I'm just like, yeah, I don't, I can't stay at the five-star hotel. Yeah. I get an Airbnb. Get, well. I, I, I'm old. I'm 50. Huh? Um, and I'll still stay at hostels. Now I get the oh, private room. I love I get the hostels. Private room. Yeah. <laughs> I can't do the dorms anymore, but, um, right. But if I can stay somewhere that's 50 bucks a night, as yep. opposed to three, $400
0: a night, I can stay longer. Yep. Oh my God. Yeah. I miss hostels. Uh, I'm always the hostels old person at the great. hostels too.
1: <laughs> I know. I remember that when I was young, there was always the old person. Yeah.
0: It. And you're like that. You saw that and you're like, that's going to be me one day. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so now I'm the old person at the hostel, which is funny. I love hostels, but they've, they've sort of changed with technology because now everyone's on their tablet or something, watching movies in the and common not area. Cool and like are really,
0: yeah. Yeah. I've met really cool people at hostels before. Oh yeah. Actually, I stayed Absolutely. at a great one in Prague last year that I'll have to tell you about. Cause it's run by yoga people. And it's, if you ever end up in Prague, it's, and they're, yeah, they're, I
1: stayed. they're amazing. I know. There can be a. I stayed at a beautiful hostel in. Um, it was in Porto, Portugal, mm. and it was an art gallery. It was a working art gallery, and like it was because people, you know, have this idea of hostels being these like party places with junk. Now they have those. Yeah, they do. <laughs> you, have to, you have to choose your hostel carefully, but yeah. uh, they they of course have the party places. But I've stayed in beautiful hostels.
0: Yeah. They're they're like really down to earth people usually that open up the ones that I go to and it sounds like that you go mm-hmm. to too that are they're they're there to support community to support travel uh, to support an exchange of ideas and stuff and so it becomes really interesting so I'm curious speaking of ideas and learning new things what are you working on? Cause I've seen some really amazing body positive posts coming uh, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> off your page. And I saw a really beautiful photo shoot and I know that you're doing something with the body is not an apology, which is a book that's on my list, but I haven't cracked it yet. Like I, I own it. I have many, I have many of those. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's like, I'm working through other stuff right now, but like the second I get the chance, I'm going to get into that book. Can you like maybe talk hmm. a little bit about what you going, what you got going on there? Sure.
1: Currently, I'm studying at the Atlanta Tantra Institute to become an erotic, um, sensual touch coach. And I'm also studying cuddling. So, I mean, we're coming out of pandemic. So many people are just touch starved. We were, we were touch starved before pandemic, we were. right? We, yeah. we are, we are a culture that doesn't really touch each other outside of romantic partnerships. Yep. Um, skin it is hungry. So, we are skin hungry we so rarely just touch our friends you go to other countries right And people walk arm in arm together uh even the same gender, gender you know yeah. it's, it's it's not a big deal and here we just don't do that um so erotic conscious touch or somatic touch can, can be many many things um it's not a massage, so I'm like, it's not working the muscles. It is it is really working your skin and your nerves and touching people's bodies uh, one-on-one, one-directional, right? So I, as the facilitator, uh, touching in places that are not normally touched in Western massage. So like we have been to that Korean comes the Korean spa.
0: <laughs> yeah, that comes with the territory of erotic. I yes. feel like we use so that as a descriptor. Yes. So <laughs>
1: it is a, it's a sensual touch session, right? So that you are loved upon, but in a non-sexual, even though it's sensual, non-romantic way. And how many of us have the opportunity to be touched sensually um, when sex is not expected to be reciprocated? You know, like and like have you ever had a massage and you're receiving it, and all you can think about, you can enjoy because all you're thinking about, like from a partner or someone, is, yeah. oh, "I'm gonna have to massage them back," or "I'm gonna yeah. have to touch them back." <laughs> yes, or or they're gonna want to have sex, and like,
0: <laughs> and I just, <laughs> so just want to relax. relax yeah.
1: So that's what happens in a session. You get to be touched, get to completely relax. You don't have to worry about reciprocating. You just get to receive. And many people aren't good at receiving.
0: No. It's a, it's just also a struggle in Western culture too, yes. because we have this idea that you have to work really hard to be worthy of receiving anything, money, yes. whatever. And so like, it also becomes transactional relationships, right? Like if you massage mm-hmm. me, I have to massage you or yeah. Yeah. So receiving.
1: Um, and so that sounds like a lot or maybe too much for some people. Um, I'm also, and I think this is really kind of the population I want to work with is people who are afraid to be touched. Mm. people who've maybe been traumatized. Um, and so, you know, in a quote unquote normal session, the, the person would be naked.
0: Uh-huh.
1: I would be naked as well, giving the, the touch work. Um, but it doesn't have to be that way. So I've worked with people because I'm starting to see people slowly um, who were completely clothed and all we do for an hour is work on exercises around consent
0: yes and exercises
1: around um pleasure and how how would you like to be touched many people don't think about how they would like to be touched and so um so I'm also doing that as well right and so we can just work on um learning how to say no learning how to express your needs learning what brings you pleasure and that work can be done for individuals or couples I have had a preventative double mastectomy, so I have scars. Mm-hmm. So working with people who have scars or something about their body that they don't like um, and how to be come to love their body and how to be comfortable being naked.
0: Uh-huh. Also huge things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Allowing yourself to be seen allow
1: yourself to be seen to be witnessed um yes mirror work oh my god right some uh, people who can't even look at themselves in the mirror um people who can't say that they're beautiful so we so all of that so it's a range right of what oh what am i offering
0: this is through this like- and <laughs> This is like such a multi-layered topic that almost never gets discussed. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and like everything that you that you were saying like, you know, body image, being safe being in your body, being safe with someone else in your body, being safe with someone else's body. Like all of these elements are there and then you're also adding touch to that. Like it, that sounds incredible and very healing. Yes. And so that's the purpose, right? And so someone, you know, someone
1: could come just for one touch session. Uh, But also there, you know, I could see people over months, right? Imagine growing from, I can't take off my clothes in front of you. I hate my body. I don't like being touched to working on that together to the point where you can be naked on the table Mm -hmm. and receiving touch all over your body. Like, that's beautiful. That's a beautiful healing process. And it can be really slow, which is fine. Um, but then imagine being able to be that comfortable. And, you know, there's sex therapists. This is not, this, I'm not a therapist per se. I'm not a licensed therapist. Um, so there's there's that talk therapy. Mm-hmm. But talk therapy misses so much of the actual physical touch
0: Yeah. Well, this also kind of reminds me, have you done any de-armoring work? We call it de-armoring. But like um, I actually just had one of my community do something around their tummies because so many of us walk around with like tense stomachs
1: Mm. and
0: we were breathing (laughs) relaxation into the tummy and touching it. Uh, like in a pleasurable way and noticing what comes up about like, oh my God, my stomach's big or I've gotten fat during COVID and like <laughs> whatever that is. And then like breathing actual relaxation into it. And how many times you have to return to the, like it, like, it almost rearmors right away. And then you have to be like, okay, now yeah. relax. God damn it. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's tense, relax it. It's tense, relax it. And I, I, I feel like that's such important work. What you're talking about then is also like, learning to let go of the tension that you're holding around your judgment of your body. Uh, yes, and, absolutely. And then I love the erotic element of it too, because <laughs> then you're grounding them in pleasure while it's happening. Like this is yes, genius. That's a
1: pleasure. We don't, we don't also, you know, I said, we see, we are taught not to experience pleasure. Yep. Many people don't, so I'm on dating apps. So I won't lie. Uh, I won't lie, but I tell you about it, uh, how would that be a bad thing? I don't know. You know, I guess in the same age, it's not so much. Um, <laughs> but one question I like to ask people or a couple of like, what brings you joy? Like what brings you pleasure? And so many people can't answer that question. I always find that interesting. They'll, they'll tell you their job and I'm like, okay, put, I, I'm glad your job brings you joy. <laughs> but, but what else? Like, what do you do in life that brings you pleasure? And, um, it's, it's fascinating and people really don't know, you know, a lot of people, some people can answer, it, but, um, and then in intimacy, what brings you pleasure, right? Because people then will say, oh, I like to go fishing or, you know, but yeah, um, people thinking about how do you touch your body? How does that bring you pleasure? Yeah. And the dearming I have that thing around my tummy. I've never called it that, but yes, the breath work can you. Um, I've been consciously trying not to hold stuck in my stomach when I take pictures. Yeah. That's cause hard. I always, you know, it's <laughs> and then, cause when it sticks out, I'm like, Ooh, it sticks out. And then I'm like, but okay, it sticks out. Like,
0: I know yeah. I've, I've done pinup modeling. And then there's like all these tricks to like turning different parts of your body to be at a different angle to the camera to make you look longer or thinner or whatever it is. And so like just being present with how much tension that actually is put in my body around just existing in my body and letting my mm-hmm. stomach be like relaxed. And and I feel like this could be anywhere in the body, like what you're talking about, like what ways are you tense in your shoulders and how can as I touch or you know, as we do touch work here, how can you like release that? Yes.
1: Yeah. How can we ground you? There's breath work in the practice. How can you be grounded and relaxed to receive and letting go, yeah, of that tension. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, in, you know, then you think in sexual encounters when you're so tense, partner or partners, um, how does it open up in that intimacy mm-hmm. when you can be grounded and when you can be more relaxed and when you work through um, consent Yep. and what brings, we don't, I, I'm going to say a we as a, as a culture, like we don't talk about what we enjoy. So many women have faked orgasms, have lied to to men, women, whoever their partner is about yeah. like, oh, yeah, that was really good. And you're like, that was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I did not like that. <laughs> not calling you again. <laughs> yeah, but how do you express that? You know, because it can hurt someone's feelings. Like, how do you com- open those lines of communication? So um, you can talk about okay, this brings me pleasure. This doesn't, can you do this? And, which also means receiving. So, you yeah. know, because it can be scary in situations to say something, because honestly, because sometimes people don't take it very well. Yeah. Um, which can lead to other sorts of issues. Um, oh, yeah. Sometimes it can be better to remain silent, which is sad. So how do we teach both parties?
0: Yeah, how to receive. How to communicate,
1: how to listen. Yeah.
0: Yeah, the communication and how to give it. And yeah. mm mm-hmm. Yeah. I was so much. That yeah, that's like a whole nother like deep dive <laughs> <laughs> topic. Cause I think also what happens with pleasure, at least in my experience, is that it is wrapped up with the capital and the capitalist idea of working all the time. I'm glad you brought that up. Because I think there's the fear like we've made pleasure wrong because we're we're afraid that like somehow if we start like grounding ourselves in pleasure like if I do something because I really want to do it, that I won't do the other things that I quote unquote have to do, right? Like it's right. Somehow, yeah. it somehow makes you out of control or like a hedonist or like a satyr mm-hmm. or whatever, like you're gonna run around the countryside, like rolling your naked body on everything and never- Hey, what's wrong with that? <laughs> <laughs> nothing, <laughs> absolutely nothing. But I think what people don't realize is that like just like anything, pain, for example, on the other end of the spectrum, It's a temporary experience, so if you give in to your pleasure now, it doesn't mean that you're never gonna, um, like come back to the world and and, and engage in different ways, it just means that Mm -hmm. you're fully embracing it and enjoying the experience. But, like, how to get people to that point? Like, yeah, it's you do cap
1: (laughs) (laughs) because what you said, no, seriously, what you said reminded me something, uh, our teacher Bennett said, um. And it's like from Cap, you, you, you experience emotions on a deeper level. Yes. Which so you, you experience, when you're angry, you're angry. Yeah. And when you're happy, you're really, really happy. But he's like, but you don't live in those states. Yep. You learn not to let those states control you yeah. and to take over your life. So he's like, it's not that you'll never be angry or sad again. You will experience, though, that probably more deeply than you ever have before. But you'll also know that they're not that's not a forever state.
0: Yeah, you're not lost in it.
1: Yes. You don't have to dwell in it forever, um, and you will experience something else. So, yeah, the idea of, like, you'll only ever have pleasure. But I want the most pleasure ever. Like, I want...
0: <laughs> 100%. Yeah. Now, I want to roll around the countryside <laughs> naked, feeling good. Like, that sounds great. Thank you. That's why I need that lottery win. <laughs>
1: all
0: other stuff. <laughs> Welcome to Kimberly and Emily's community. <laughs> uh, upon these hills we grow feathers <laughs> for your rolling pleasure. Like <laughs> yes. I mean
1: it's a dream. A right. dream. Uh,
0: yeah. Yeah, but I think it's such it's such important work because there's so much like tension and denial around that, around pleasure in particular. Mm-hmm. And so like what you're talking about, like the, what do you call the work that you're doing with people, the one-on-one work? I just, I like to call them touch sessions. (laughs) Touch sessions, cool.
1: Yes, just uh, because, and I, I, you know, sometimes I put the word erotic in it and sometimes I don't. Um, I just like to call them touch sessions because we touch, and it may just be energetic touch, right? For people who don't like being touched. Mm-hmm. and maybe we'll get to the physical touch um but touch work yeah so yeah proximity
0: is important
1: too yes so yeah. I want people to cut, you know I, I don't want to scare people off with the word erotic we'll get there um <laughs> we don't have to be naked at first
0: <laughs> yeah right so it meet might take people where you are or where they are yeah and I yeah. meet
1: you where you are um we're going to have lots of conversations because communication is key and consent is key. So nothing, nothing done without consent, but I've, I've become a big advocate now of sex workers. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it, it should not be illegal.
0: <laughs> it really shouldn't actually it's a service to the community in a way, because like, just like what you're talking about, like, we all need human connection and a connection to our pleasure. And if, if in a consenting healthy uh, way, way we can give that to each other. And like one of the things I just talked to a bunch of people about this uh, in the teaching thing, uh, accepting payment, receiving payment for a service is in its own way, a boundary, like a way of consenting. Yeah. Yes. I would like to offer this. This is the amount that I can do it for. Do you want it? Yes or no. That is a form of consent. Um, so I'm hundred percent with you on legalizing sex work and giving people respect and mm-hmm. care in, in what they do. So.
1: Yes, absolutely. And again, I, I know people hear that and they immediately go, many people go trafficking. And I'm like, I'm not talking about nope. non-consensual, right? That and is so non-consensual. <laughs> just, yeah. Just take that out of your head. I was talking about consensual adults yep. doing an exchange. Um, that is very much needed um, yeah. for many people, for many, many reasons that people, um, and sex work takes so many different forms as yep. well. Um, it's not just the person standing on the corner. Um, so yeah. it's what so many, that pops into so many people's heads. Um, so yeah,
0: yeah. there's the, um, I, there's a whole world of internet sex work out there. Um, and I, like I said, it gets complicated too, because then we also have some of the um, issues of patriarchy there and Mm -hmm. internalized patriarchy and consumerism. All of these things are at work. (laughs) Yeah. So like the more that we can talk about them and the programming that might be present, the more we can give people information and teach them to ground in their truth, the better consenters they can be too. Yes. 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 And so it's like, why don't we talk about this? (sighs) No, we can't because we're such a... I don't know.
1: We're we're not allowed. (laughs) We're not allowed to talk about sex. Especially women. Women are not allowed to um, desire sex. No. Right, we're supposed to keep our legs crossed. Yeah. And be pure and not to have this sex... Not be sexual beings and... uh, (laughs) It is so... I, I... I don't want people to take this the wrong way. Um, date rape is, is the responsibility of the person who does the raping, right? Yes. So that oh. one way we can help with this is to help women be able to express their desires, right? So we have, as women have often been taught, say no, 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 even if you wanna have sex and it yep. becomes this game no, 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 no. Like, you know, you have the songs. I know you want it, you know. And it's yeah. Like, but it, you know, I hate we that song. It,
0: I just, it's that, so I call cute. it the like, rape it's, song. It's
1: it is, And every song. time like, it comes <laughs> on, I'm like,
0: how do people, how do people listen to this and not get upset? Wait, you,
1: well, I listened to it until I was like stopped and was like, oh, wait a oh, minute. Oh, like, it's called <laughs> Blurred Lines. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, yes. it's not consensual. It's <laughs> it is not good. Yes. Um, or what is that other song like? Oh, God, who is that? Oh, I can see his face. The rapper, like a little bit. I want to do it a little bit. Oh, oh God, not clear. a
0: lot, baby girl. Just a but little just bit. Just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, that song, I feel like has a little more consent in it than the ah, thing, but it's like, it's, it's definitely like, like, it's- like getting someone down the path incrementally into what right. you want yes. them to do.
1: exactly. Yeah. Right. It is this slow, I'm just going to do it. You know, let me put it in just a little bit. A little and bit. You're <laughs> like, wait a
0: minute. <laughs> Um, what but does she say? We don't. We don't power. have the other side because yeah. the whole way she could be like, "Yeah, I like it a little bit," or she could be like, "No," it is to, it changes the context? Yeah. Or he, yes, you know, whatever. Yes, or he, yes, yeah.
1: But the consent piece, the right, and women not being able to just be like, "Fuck yes, I want to have sex," because yeah. we're taught to say that. Nope. And so that it becomes clear to the other person that, like, you know, you know because then they're like, "Oh, but I know she wanted it. She just had to play coy." Mm -hmm. because society teaches us to play coy as women like but we got to get over that
0: (laughs) there's so much internalized training that comes around like sexuality and it's like part puritanical christian Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: also like for any of the listeners that get into the history of racism, there was that as a, as a, one of the defending reasons for slavery to occur, which is like an in, in added layer of complication for our, uh, like POC friends out there, like in terms of like sexuality and pleasure. And then, and then you add patriarchy to the situation and you have yeah. a, like, dumpster fire of how to approach spirit like sexuality for women and pleasure for women. It is like I sometimes Ah. I look at our culture and I'm like, what? (laughs) What? Even just, and this seems like innocuous, but like I'm married. I'm still like I would never I know that my parents wouldn't feel comfortable with me talking to them about like my sex life with my husband. Oh yeah. yeah. Right. Like that's like totally off limits, but it's assumed that we have sex, right? Like, right. So it's like simultaneously, okay. To throw me a shower for our wedding and give me sexy, sexy lingerie and but like not to talk about it. Yeah. Right. And then there's also this idea like, okay, so once you're married, you can explore your sexuality, but that just makes it can quote unquote can according to this the system that I'm talking about. This is not my personal feeling <laughs> toward it. But what does that do? Is that teaches women that their exploration, uh the gateway to their exploration is a spouse, essentially a man. Like you are not allowed to have sexuality or express your sexuality or be celebrated in yes. your sexuality in community unless it is in proximity to a man. And it makes me so like I sorry you can probably tell I've raised my voice. I get, like, livid, <laughs> angry about this stuff. yeah, no, it's, it's terrible. Yeah. May is Masturbation Month.
1: Hey. And, and
0: <laughs> I'm into that.
1: <laughs> yes, and so I remember watching um, Bridgerton. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you watched it. I haven't. And, and well, I don't remember the character's name, the main woman. And, you know, she was on her goal to get married. And she... Like, and they just had to be pure, right? The guys who were getting married could go out and do whatever they wanted to do before getting married, but the women Always. had to be pure. And there was just a scene where somehow the guy was like, oh, you've never touched yourself? Like to, to the to women. And she's like, what do you mean? And he, <laughs> and he was like, just, you know, tonight's put your... And so, you know, I don't know how old she was, probably 18 or 19 then back in that age. And and she did it and it was like, holy and but I was I was like for real? I was like, her hand
0: never naturally went down there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, well, like, like don't little like, kid I think little kids naturally know, like it. touch yeah, themselves. I know, yeah.
1: I was like, I know people get shamed out of it. Yep. But I'm like, did that just never naturally happen and and then I just talked to some people about it and and people were like no I never did I was like I was shocked by the number of people who told me that they never did as a child you know maybe when they were little little and they don't remember but they and I was like really yeah and and the number of people who don't currently I was like wow I, I was like I thought everybody messed
0: I yeah, I have also been shocked by how many people lack exploration of their own body. Yes.
1: <laughs>
0: Especially, In a mirror and look at yourself. God, yes, like, yeah. You know, people, who've... how many people haven't done yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. And and like then to look and be like, this is beautiful, mm-hmm. and like to kind of like claim that. And actually, it's really interesting. Uh, who was I talking to the other day? I had on the podcast, a, um, fam educator, uh, like fertility awareness method Mm -hmm. educator. And we were talking about how, like most of the time, the only time you're, you're the goal of touching yourself to, uh, like check your cervix is it happens in the gyno office. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and there's this like part of our body that is accessible, that is knowable to us that can give us an immense amount of information about our health. About the time of our cycle that we're on, about like all of that, and all we have to do is touch it, <laughs> like, <laughs> know where it is, explore enough to find it, and then like yeah, and then and to do it frequently enough to know okay low today, right. medium well, high, yeah. uh, like squishy not squishy. And it was this like I I'm so fascinated like what you just said. Like there are people who wouldn't even be willing to do that too that right? that would yeah. make them uncomfortable.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: but there's so much shame around it
1: like oh yeah i, I know i was shamed as a child a teenager like oh like oh yeah it was so you know religious even but we weren't super religious but it was still like you don't do that <laughs>
0: <laughs> and we're laughing we're about laughing. it like but it's just kind of sad <laughs> like I think it's yeah. very sad
1: yeah it's it's really sad that people um and again it goes back to uh, Knowing what gives you pleasure. Yep. So I, I imagine there are some people who that doesn't give bring them pleasure, but a lot of people don't know if it does or not, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so, and how do you touch yourself that that brings you pleasure? How many people spend time just touching themselves? Like it doesn't, you know? Like I love doing this. Yeah, I know. No, I'm like I'm, I'm. No one can see me. I love running my fingers up and down
0: my arm lightly. Yes,
1: um, I did. I did you know, this it one.
0: Feels good. I cross them over my shoulders and I run them down my arms. Like, especially if I'm doing something hard, I'll be like, I'll run my hands over my face and I'll be like, I have this. And then I'll go down my arms. I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. like, I'm safe. Everything's fine. Like touch myself our while I say skin that.
1: skin is so neglected. We yes. like neglect skin to love on it. So yeah, I, that's part of my work too, right? Getting, um, witnessing people masturbate. Yeah. And I don't mean that in a again. I know I know that's part of maybe you know sexual fetishes, but I mean that in a honoring people way. Yep. Um, just witnessing and helping people explore.
0: Um, and again, if we remove the pleasure. if we remove the stigma from this, I community can be beautiful. Like, mm-hmm. I also feel like a lot of people access their emotions through storytelling. And through witnessing and through community and to also to be denied that or for that to be fetishized uh, or quote unquote wrong or odd or something that we would have a moment where we're armoring, <laughs> like we hear <laughs> yes. it and we start armoring, <laughs> um, must protect, <laughs> like, uh, for that to be even just an option. I'm sure some people listening to that will hear that and be like, I never even thought of that. So, Okay. You have mm-hmm. to tell me about this. The Tantra Institute in Atlanta, is that like neo-tantra? Is that like Shaivite Tantra? Is that the Buddhist Tantra? Like what <laughs> type of Tantra are we talking Atlanta, about?
1: Atlanta, Atlanta I, Amina uh, is the teacher for Silfair. She has since moved to Hawaii. <laughs> All right. She, she, she fled pandemic. Um, I don't blame her. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm just gonna call it urban Tantra. It's not, her Tantra is based in blackness, queerness, uh, the seeing and honoring of all. So everyone in my class is um, a person of color and, and there are people of all sorts of gender identities and orient sexual orientations and it's a beautiful i've learned so much from that class or dominatrix in the class <laughs> There are people who have you know dungeons and do all sorts of different play and it's it's the most it's a beautiful space that i've experienced so she doesn't really follow a particular tantra line
0: yeah so but... what she's what she's created <laughs> To, to create something that is actually <laughs> inclusive, I think sometimes we have to say, fuck the system, because yeah. the yeah. system is the way that it is, and honestly, we're all in it, myself included. So like, it, it, yeah, but that, uh, when you were describing that, I was like, I just got chills. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's, it's it's such a beautiful space. Um, I've just learned a lot from my classmates. I was like, I want to do that. I want to try that. But it ropes. I want to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this well, is something I've never heard of I don't know all the acronyms I'm like what is that <laughs> <laughs> there's so many to learn <laughs> it's a very sex positive space very very and Amina I love her so you know our class is on zoom and she's like she's like anti clothes so like you'll see yeah. her and she'll have like a shawl or something and she'll get up to demonstrate something and she's just naked and you're like okay like <laughs> oh, here we are that sounds wonderful beautiful yeah it is it is a really wonderful class and so then that ends soon and then we're going into cuddling so I'll become a certified cuddler um yeah which I can't wait you know so many people need a hug
0: (laughs) yeah I'm so excited that this work is out in the world
1: yeah, you know, there's, there's lots of opportunities for it. Again, so this, again, uh, her Cuddle certificate, which is the first time she's offering it, is is focused on people of color, queer identity. You know, it's just, it's so, because i looked into other Cuddle programs and I'm not going to lie, sometimes I'm like, I don't see any black people in your promotion material. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't see anybody. Yeah uh, you know, everyone's heterosexual appearing. Like I, yeah, I, I, so I'm so happy she's offering this because I had almost signed up for a different cuddle certificate.
0: (laughs) Well, like I said, I'm happy that this exists because I have to tell you, this is the first time I've heard uh, of a Tantra Institute that isn't either too, um, mostly heterosexual, like a couple or just like some, like, mustached dude from the 70s like in in ages yeah
1: yeah
0: well I mean no comment there's my comment she's (laughs)
1: She's amazing and this is just level one you can go on next levels to become a sex doula um and Amina is amazing she's worked as a sex surrogate she's done all sorts of of work around sex and
0: that's so cool
1: that's so so cool yeah She's passes.
0: So I have to say,
1: so I've been practicing, there's some, cla- there's some classmates here in Atlanta, and we've been practicing on each other. And as a heterosexual woman, I, so the touch work can, if it ever gets to this level, this would not be the first time, include internal massage, as you were talking about, what is the inside yeah. <laughs> of a vagina filler. Um, and so as a heterosexual woman, I was working on a female classmate and I was just like, I've ever ne- actually never touched another woman. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I was like, wow.
0: (laughs) And I also like love the idea that this isn't, this is how to say this. This is focused on like what it is and what's happening in the environment. And then this isn't turning into also like, and now I have to call you five times a week and now this has to happen. (laughs) And now this has to happen. It is like, this is the context This is two consenting adults, and in a way, it's, like, sort of really beautiful and, like, contained and perfect and wonderful.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I probably shouldn't say all this on the podcast because I might get arrested.
0: Oh, Oh, do you want me to? (laughs) I I actually... (laughs) There, there's like a Mayan abdominal massage, if you've heard of that. And then there's also people who do, do uh, like de-armoring of the Yoni Mm -hmm. as well. And so I like, I, yeah, I don't think they're coming. Okay. (laughs) I don't think they're going to come for you either, but if you don't want me to run your last name, or if you want me to roll that section back and just like (sighs) get out, I can't. It's fine. Okay. absolutely. Oh, bless. (laughs) Yeah. That's so cool. Well, how can folks, I have two big questions. And the first is if somebody's like, they've heard this and they're like, okay, I might not be open to like one-on-one work or like an internal massage, but like, I want to start like working on learning how to touch myself or learning how to be part of my pleasure, learning how to um, listen to my internal voice through something like CAP. Um, mm-hmm. where would they where, where could they start with you where do they find you I am working on a website so unfortunately I don't have that together
1: yet but uh, easiest way to find me is on Instagram which is green goddess well-being and I list everything on Instagram and then um, in the bio there's a link tree link that takes you to all of my offerings and classes I do offer virtual cat classes Every Tuesday, seven to nine PM Eastern, and Saturdays, eleven AM to one PM Eastern. And if anyone's in Atlanta, I'm so excited that I'm now offering in-person cap classes in Atlanta. Woo hoo! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Once a month for now at Evolation Yoga Studio, which is in Midtown Atlanta. And um, I'm scheduled for the next few months, June 6th, July 11th, uh, August 12th, and September 12th um, at Evolation. I just want to check that July, yeah, July 11th, um, at Evolation. Uh, it's 1 to 3.30. Again, you can go to Instagram and then click the link, or you can just go to Evolation Yoga Studio is where the tickets for that will be sold. I also offer. Um, I'm doing touch sessions. I'm beginning to offer those. In person is best, right? Well, it is obviously, not touch. <laughs> 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 and there has to be no touch. I want to be clear. Even they're called touch sessions, there has to be no. There doesn't have to be any physical touch. We can work on consent exercises. I have lots of exercises, pleasure um, that don't necessarily need to involve touch. Mm-hmm. That can be done virtually as well then. Um, but if anyone's in the Atlanta area area, um, I do offer touch sessions again, they, those don't have to involve physical touch. And it, usually the first one involves very light touch, a lot of talk exercises so that we get to know each other well, um, before moving into touch and, uh, Yoni or lingam touch is not in the first session at all ever. Yeah. <laughs> um, That is something that would be worked toward if the person would like to, and it's not a requirement at all, ever. Nothing's a requirement, right? It's all about consent. That's so cool. (laughs) Showing up is a requirement, I
0: guess. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we can go from there, yeah. You can just pay me to like, (laughs) hang out.
1: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you know, I'll do that. Yes, I also offer, private. I mean, the touch is private, right? But at yeah. CAP sessions, I offer um, either in-person or virtual private sessions for uh, individuals or small groups. And you would have to message me to get the details and the cost. But that just means we can set up a time um, that works for both of our schedules to get together to do CAP.
0: Cool. Oh, so much good stuff today and so much for people to sort of turn over and think about and consider. Um, thank you so much for being here, Kimberly. I really appreciate thank it. You, am yeah. so happy. It was lovely. For everyone out there listening, you can find all of the links Kimberly just mentioned in the show notes, as well as a discount code for you to use to get you started. Hope you have an amazing day. Hey, so one of the freaking coolest things that um, Kimberly has done that I've really been inspired by is that on Facebook, she posted about her studio and the concept of doing a shower, like the way that we would shower people if they were, say, getting married or having a baby, you know, where people who care about them get together and they buy them gifts or even like a house shower or like a, a housewarming, or whatever kind of thing, but for her studio. So I have that linked in the show notes. If you want to visit her Amazon list and support her by purchasing an item from the list, which is- I hope you cool. enjoyed this episode of Sacred Adventure Begin. If you feel inspired by these conversations, please consider joining us on Patreon and supporting the podcast. Your donations help keep us up and running and start at just $2 a month. Patrons now get additional episodes of the podcast as well as art images and readings at a super affordable monthly rate. And I would love to personally welcome you into that community. Special thanks and shout out to all the Patreon members who are currently out there and all of the donations Sacred Adventure Begin has received to date. It has been such a pleasure supporting you and helping you focus in on the truth, meaning, and wisdom that can be found in our lives and experiences. Thank you, too, for everyone out there listening. Know that I am sending you so much love, so much awareness, and so much self-acceptance at whatever stage in your journey you find yourself on today.